Hello, hello. This is Amanda, and welcome to another episode of the A Girl with a Dream podcast, which is kind of ironic as we have a male guest on here today, which happens to be my husband, Matt. So I'm going to introduce him in a bit or let him introduce himself, actually. But I wanted to give you guys just a little bit of insight into why I wanted to bring him on the podcast. So we're both entrepreneurs, and I get a lot of questions around that and also just around people who are starting their own business or a few years in, a few months in, and they are just navigating life as a business owner or a side hustler along with their husband or boyfriend or significant other who may or may not be an entrepreneur as well. So I thought Matt would just be somebody good to bring on the podcast and just kind of get his perspective and our perspective on kind of how we've navigated being a full-time entrepreneur, a couple, and that journey from when we both started to kind of where we're at now and what we work through, and hopefully it can help you guys. So I'm going to let my hubs introduce himself, give you guys a little bit of background if you don't know him. I imagine some of you guys listening are probably like, wait, what? She's married? Um, I've actually had people... <laughs> I know that sound, you're not even introduced yet, and he's already laughing. Um I've had people be like, oh, you're married? Like they have no idea because I rarely show him on social. I mean, I do. And if you know me, obviously, you know I'm married. But to an outsider who maybe doesn't follow me as closely, I don't really, I probably only show you what, like 10% of the time. So he's going to slowly be introduced as a character on my social media, but he doesn't really want to be. So um, we'll see how that goes. But without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself. All right. Thank you. Uh, very, very excited to be the first male on the Girl with a Dream podcast. Um, right? Throw it out there. I created that intro. So, um, I, yeah, no, uh, I don't know how I feel about the being a character on the Instagram account, uh, more or less. But, um, yeah, it's uh, my story, short and sweet version. I'm not really the one to rant about myself. Uh, I basically was in the military, fell in love with fitness, was never really in shape slash into working out or anything, didn't play sports growing up or anything. And uh, in the military, realized that I probably should be in shape. Um, And then obviously, I wanted to follow certain avenues of military skill and trade that required me to get in better shape. So I found CrossFit, um, got to a point in my career where basically I could leave the army or I could go ahead and, you know, stay in. And I decided to get out and pursue CrossFit. So I fell in love with that, fell in love more with the lifting side of things. And uh, long story short, I ran like a CrossFit gym for better part of a decade. And then finally was like, all right, I'm donezo with this. I want to do my own thing. Uh, gathered up all the experience and skill I had uh, running someone else's business, to be blunt, and growing that. And then was like, hey, I'm going to go make a terrible decision and go run an Olympic lifting gym, which there's like only like a handful that are sole Olympic weightlifting gym. So it was kind of a unique business as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I was doing the entrepreneur thing uh, while Amanda had her corporate gig and uh, it worked out pretty well. Luckily I like, she already knew kind of what I was doing and what I wanted to do and my goals. So as I was like, Hey, I'm going to go do this random activity that nobody else on the planet does. She supported it. Yeah. I just want to jump in here real quick. Um, and I'll just kind of play interviewer, I guess, and ask, so you had actually, when you left the CrossFit gym that you were managing, 
you were potentially thinking of to becoming a police officer, and then you kind of just made this on the whim. I don't even want to say it was on the whim. It wasn't I think, on the whim. I-, <laughs> I think there was always an entrepreneur in you, but I feel like you did kind of 180 and are like, I'm opening a gym. This is what I'm doing. And you just kind of went full force into it. So I know a lot of that because I know you is just how you are. But I just wanted to kind of give your perspective in making that decision. Yeah, I think I think what happened. So I basically got kind of burned out is the term you'd use for like instructing and training uh, that certain type of like modality, which is CrossFit. Um, I It wasn't that I hated it. I was just I'd done it for a long time. And it was not where I saw myself kind of continuing on the rest of my life. Um, and I knew I loved Olympic weightlifting, but nobody, like I said, was really doing the solo Olympic weightlifting thing and just making that their primary source of income. Uh, the sport was kind of dead at that time. Um, so I, I knew I liked the paramilitary stuff. I enjoyed it when I was in the military. My dad's a cop, was a cop rather. Uh, so I was like, I applied with some of the three-letter agencies. I applied with a bunch of police departments throughout the country, followed through on two of them, uh, worked with one really closely. And at the end, uh, got to be blunt, I got a denial letter uh, from the application process. And at that point, it was just kind of like, okay, well, there's really no other route for me to go except kind of like the one I want to do. And if I go to these police departments, I'm going to have to do semantics and deal with being more skilled than other people because of my military background than people that just got out of, you know, their four years of college. So I decided to strike it out on my own. Um, My biggest apprehension, why I didn't do that originally, is just kind of the thing that nobody was doing what I was doing. There was really, there was really like only three big weightlifting gyms in the country, maybe four actually. And like nobody was making their primary source of income off Olympic weightlifting alone. Everyone kind of had like this CrossFit buffer or personal training buffer. So I was super apprehensive on like, oh, how am I going to pay my bills? And then I got this new hot girlfriend that, you know, I don't want to look like a bum around. Uh, I was totally a bum though. Um, And still are, are, possibly. Um, But I, I didn't really have the idea that it could be done. I also didn't have the financial means because I blew it all literally traveling around the country, interviewing for these police departments. Um, And then I, you know, I watched a couple things online and I've always kind of be like, I've always kind of been like a headstrong, just I'm going to find a way to get it done type thing. I literally have a quote on my forearm that is like pretty much saying a testament to that. Like nobody's going to stop me. I'll find a way. Um, to summarize. And uh, I did, I mean, I pretty much did what Amanda said. I did a 180 and started sticky noting all my ideas of how to get it done on the wall next to my computer in the condo I was living in. And there was probably like 97 sticky notes on the wall, categorized into three beta plans, essentially was what I was doing. And then bouncing ideas off her, my dad, anybody that knew me of how to get it done. And eventually i found two people that were crazy enough to support me financially. And then another person for gear and equipment. And I opened a gym within a month after that. And just to kind of talk about that transition and actually making it happen and finding the funding in a non-traditional way, I think is a really good insight and just kind of, you've always been the type of person who I think will make it happen regardless of outside conditions. So we tend to play a lot of victim mentality these days of like, I can't because of X and you never let that like stop you from opening the gym. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's always there. Like, you know me well enough. I I'll sit there and I'll say like, 
well, this is going to be a problem, but I guess if I really feel strongly enough about it, I will find a way to knock through it and get it done. Awesome. Okay. Good intro. So and that's, that's my husband. To He's... take, to take a step back real quick, the traditional funding thing, that was like my biggest holdback. Um, because even being a veteran, like we get sick help when it comes to financial aid, support loans and stuff like that. And they were still all unfeasible. Um, slash I didn't have the means, like some of them, some of the loans literally for like small business loans or for like angel investors were like, show us that you have three years of entrepreneurship background. And I was like, how am I supposed to do that? Like I, I'm trying to start my own business. So they weren't feasible. So that's why I went with a very non-traditional route, which is literally, I just, that's how the real secret here is I'm not afraid to ask for weird things. And I write random emails to different people all around the globe to ask for things. And I have wild luck when it comes to it. I don't even want to say it's luck. You put yourself out there. Yeah, but I really, Whereas some what, of the things I get, I shouldn't really. A lot of people won't <laughs> get take access. That, they won't think about that stuff. They won't actually do it. I think it. a lot of people are afraid of rejection. <clears throat> yes. And transitioning to that. So obviously that's your background and I was able to, well, while he was building his business and growing it, opened it, I had my corporate job. So I was able to support him fully through that. So I had your typical nine to five or eight to six, however you want to call it. Emotionally and, support me. <laughs> for the record, emotionally support me. Not financially. Oh, not, yeah. He, <laughs> just want to be clear on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I did not put any any dollars. But I just, also will eat ramen for a month straight if I have tears. to. <laughs> I put some sweat equity into support. Sorry. For sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. But um, so I was able to support him from that aspect of just like supporting him and helping him literally inside the gym or if he needed to have the doors open or organizing. You were head coach a couple times. Oh my gosh, I was never I had head staff. Coach. I had meetings I had but, to go to for the city and a head coach Amanda was there. She's yeah. never been welcomed back because the athlete said she was so mean. Oh <laughs> so I was able to support him because I had the time. Um, I wasn't yet an entrepreneur, but then I started my own side hustle and as I was building that business, I stepped away from being like a legitimate support system for the gym. He had built his own support system within the gym and I started my side hustle. So I really, this is kind of what I wanted to get into the meat of the podcast is to talking about supporting a significant other while they're going through their beginning stages of building their business and how you can support them as a spouse or significant other. Because when I was going through, through the supporting you, I think it was a little bit different because only one of us was an entrepreneur. So I just had much more time on my hands to help you versus when I started in my side hustle, um, I also had a nine to five that was very, very stressful and hard on me emotionally, physically, all the things, all all of the above. And so I would say it was a pretty exciting, but rough year or so managing the side hustle. So just Kind of want to hear your perspective on being an outsider and things that maybe can help those listening who are kind of going through something similar where they, you know, have a spouse who has their own job or maybe they're an entrepreneur and how they can ask for support from their spouse if maybe they're not getting the level of support that they need. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a broad topic. Um, the thing I'd say is like, the thing that made us successful is like you knew what I was doing. 
and you knew what I wanted to do, what my intent was. And you understood like why I was so specific and what I wanted and how to do it. And then I was able to convey through to you like what I needed done. And because you had, I mean, like you're specialized in the sense of like, you're good with marketing and those types of demographics of business. And I am not. So it was easy to take like something I was weak at and ask for your help in it. And like, I think that's one thing that spouses or significant others can do a better job of like communicate. Even if like, let's say you, you're making jewelry. All right. And that's like your job. And or I don't even know crocheting socks or something like <laughs> that's, and you want that to be your life, then that's fine. And your significant other should understand that. And hopefully knows that's, that's what you want to do your whole life. And if like taking a part assisting, like kind of ask them to do things that they're good at. Like, you know, I had Amanda to help me with the marketing and social media and flyers and figuring out, like, I think she actually enjoyed it more than I did a hundred percent still to this day. I hate doing it, but, um, but like that helped a ton. Whereas had I asked her to like learn how to coach so she could help some floor hours, like that was going to be impossible. It was just not going to happen. She didn't want to do that piece. If it was like, go get certified with me so I can use you. Like those things wouldn't work. She advantageously helped me with the characters she was good at. I like that. I think that element of including your spouse or significant other, like if you want to. It's like a square to. peg into a square hole. Like, yeah, but I think just even asking for their support is a great way to include them in the process, especially if they yeah. don't understand or they're just like, it's not their thing. So like taking the crocheting socks example, like if I was crocheting socks or even use my real world example, I, in on the Etsy side of my business, making you know, wedding cups, there's no way I could ask you to help with that. Like it just would not work. It would lead no. into 18 no, arguments. I was, I was an infantry grunt. <laughs> there's no way I could do that. <laughs> it would lead into arguments if I tried to ask for help in that realm. But I could ask you to run to the post office. I could ask you to build some boxes. She, I could ask pause, you. Pause, I'm going to call her out. She, it's not even the putting the things on the cups really nice. She used to yell at me because I would put on the address labels, not perfectly even yeah he's would, not a good employee scolded. guys he's i think that men anyone listening think that they do this or they like do it bad on purpose it's like cleaning <laughs> so that that way they don't ever have to do it again like i think it's cleaning like you want to go into cleaning okay, well we're gonna save that for another show, when i own right? my gym amanda isn't allowed to clean i clean better <laughs> um but yeah no i think that's a good point including where you can if you want to um i do think there's a fine line in that not expecting your partner yeah, you should to never do all assume. the things because I think that can just lead to more arguments. Honestly, I think if I expected you to do a lot more help within my business, I don't think it, I think it would have left more or led to more arguing than say maybe asking you to, Hey, can you do the dishes? Which you always do anyway, but things like that, <laughs> well, yeah, asking think, for help in different areas. I think it's one of those variables where like, no matter whether you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, when you start your business, like you're going into it with the intent of this is my business. My name is on it. So like, I love what you do. I support what you do and I'll help you with this and that if you ask for it. But like at the end of the day, it's your business. I'm not expected to do certain variables. I don't expect you to sit there and be like, Hey, I haven't seen a post in four star for X lately. Why don't you get that done? Like that's on me. Like you, obviously you by voicing your opinion, like are worried or concerned or want to help, but that's like you going out on your own to do that rather than like it becoming a responsibility. Because once you, because then you're adding responsibilities onto your significant other versus like 
them on their own trying to help you, which shows yeah. actually care. Mm-hmm. And making it just a more like joyful experience, which uh, which leads into my next topic. So just to give you guys a little bit of background, I have been full-time for just a little over a year. And as soon as I went full-time, or just a little bit before full-time, was actually a really, really hard time for me, um, Being taking that plunge into the full-time was obviously a big step and there was a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety and a lot of other things going on. It was just a really hard time. But once I took that plunge, obviously their pressure was released. But then as you know, for anyone who's taken that leap, all of a sudden the pressure, you, you're you all, not that you weren't all consuming in your business before, you, you were 100% more all consuming because it's your livelihood now. I didn't have, you know, a job to fall back on. So while there was less stress and less pressure, I would say, there was a different kind of pressure that inserted itself. And I would say that for the first, what are we in right now? May? I would say for like that first, like at least nine months was within just like navigating life as a full-time entrepreneurial couple was rough. Like I wouldn't say rough in that like it was great. Like I was living my dream. You're living your dream. Like all things great, but it doesn't necessarily mean that every aspect of your life is amazing because I think we created new challenges. Yes, it's exactly. It created new challenges. I think we both went into our own lanes as far as business goes, right? So now I'm full-time in mine, which means I'm not really like into yours as much. And because I'm full-time now, you're kind of like, okay, now she's on her own. She's good. She's built this thing. She doesn't need me as much. So we're kind of in our two separate business lanes. And then we have our home life. When obviously anyone you know who's listening, (laughs) there is no such thing as business life and home life. It doesn't, at least for us, that's not a reality. We intertwine our businesses into our life and we're okay with that. So 100% just going to put a little forewarning (laughs) out. You have to do what you want to do and it has to be how you run your life. This is just, we want to share what's worked for us. (laughs) We we definitely intertwingle, like uh, intertwine business and personal in our household. Yes. Like we're, we're literally sitting next to this podcast microphone to my left because we're at my computer desk. Amanda's taken over. There is like 40 Japanese weightlifting belts and shirts that I'm supposed to be selling for a company I work for. And on top of that is our guitars that we sometimes play. And that's just how life is. <laughs> like yes. it all intermingles, but it works at the end of the day and we find a way to make it work. Yeah, but it didn't, it took us a while to get there to figure out how they can intertwine in a healthy way, I would say. Yeah. Because I would, I just want to be like open and honest in that like, we probably didn't spend as much time together. I would say from a quality perspective, we lived together. So clearly we spent time together, but it was more like siloed, I would say. And now I feel like we've found over the last like six to nine months, we found much more of a groove. So I kind of just want to talk about that a little bit. And I think a hundred percent of it has to do with communication. I mean, it's weird. There was like for a long time, there was days I was going to bed hours before you. Yeah. And I stay up extremely late so that was like that was super weird that was like weird to the level of like i was like i don't know what this life is right what is this life (laughs) because you would go to bed like four hours ahead of me all the time because you were so drained and exhausted from your corporate job yeah and even speaking of that at the time my office was in our luckily i mean it was at home at least but it was in our living room and he would be in our family room so sometimes we wouldn't even be in the same room for hours when we're in the same household so it's like you know it's like 
I'll use this example, probably not a good one, but it's like, cause we were just talking about this, but like when you're out to dinner and two people are on their phones, like you're out to dinner with them, but you're really not out to dinner with them. Right. Because you're both working on your phones, which is okay in some circumstances, but it's kind of like that. Like we're living together, but I'm working for four hours in the evening in a different room. It's not like we're really spending quality time with each other. So what are some of the things that you think, I mean, I know what my examples are. One was communication, just keeping those open lines and figuring out. I think one of the best things we did was stop to look at the other person's way of communicating. Yeah. Yeah. I think that took, that took time. It was, um, I mean, not even communicating, just kind of like learning each other's habits and how they operate better. Like I'm (laughs) one of the things Amanda and I will butt heads on is like getting tasks done around the house because I am very much in the, I was raised by a paramilitary family. Like when she wants things done, like I'm understanding, like, obviously it's a relationship. Like we work together to get things done and there are certain responsibilities that I take and she takes, but like she would sit there and like say a list of things to me. And like, that's not how I operate. And then on the other end, on my head, I have a million other things I'm like worrying about for my business or my athletes or my career in general. And then I'm supposed to like filter in these other nine tasks that she wants done by the end of the day. And like, we butt heads all the time in the sense of like, I didn't get it done. And like, I'd sit there and be like, I'm not surprised I forgot about those. Cause I have a million other things. And I like communicated like, Hey, I will get this all done, but I need a list and I need you to give me till midnight each day to get it done. I don't know if it'll get done at 11 PM. I don't know if it'll get at 10 30 AM, but I will get it done. And I think you took a while to segue into that because it was like weird and foreign of like, I'm saying it. Why don't you just remember it? Yeah. But that's just like not how I operate. So it once I think you saw that it would get done if I had a list. That's why we put a whiteboard in the middle of our hallway. I mean, right? we, have, we have a lot of things. We have a whiteboard. We have a, a calendar, a piece of a let's scro- talk about the calendar, a scroll paper. <laughs> hey, the scroll paper is for love notes. <laughs> That's a good one. But no, we even have a calendar. So one thing that I'm starting to do a little bit more of, but he travels a lot for his work. And so we were getting into a lot of arguments around like, oh, you're leaving. It's not even even travel. It's events. events. You have events now. Yeah. I I have to schedule time with you. Yeah, but I'm saying now it's a joke. It's literally a joke to people in my gym that know Amanda. Is they're like, "What are you and Amanda doing?" I'm like, "I didn't get on the calendar this weekend, so I don't oh get." <laughs> now that I'm yes, now that I'm busier. But even like a year ago, before I started getting busier, you were traveling more, and I would I think it would lead to a lot of arguments because I would be like, "Oh, you're going away for a week this week." Like I didn't know that, or maybe you told me, but and obviously to me, it, to I me forgot. It's been on the national calendar for a whole year, so I've known I was. Like, yeah. She really just had to go to usaweightlifting.com backslash calendar and she would have. Yeah. But I think having a shared calendar, which most people who are married with kids are probably like, oh God, you guys just now figured that out. (laughs) You guys are new. Because I know, yeah, we're noobs with that. Um, I know, I know plenty of people who have shared calendars that have kids because they've got so many sports games, but um, that really, really helped us just to be like on the same page of, okay, go look at the calendar. Or I think even reviewing things with each other of before we would actually schedule something. Yeah. Not that we're looking for permission. It's not we're approval definitely or not. permission. It's just to communicate. It's like, so I can know like, okay, we can do dinner on this Sunday when you have a pop-up instead of me, like even stupid things. Like for example, like if I wanted to like make a surprise dinner for her and I like made it at four and she was like, 
I had plans with so-and-so to talk about X, Y, and Z, or I have a podcast schedule. And like, then I, then we're sitting there like, I tried to do this romantic thing of like making a dinner and I'm eating it by myself because she, like by just communicating that and putting it up front, it avoids situations like that. I agree. So communication calendar, do we have another C word? I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> um, I think another thing is just, so it's kind of goes along with calendar and scheduling is we've started to find a rhythm of, we know and this is this is the way we like to do things, but we know this whole like bleeding of business and and life and personal, like we know it's intertwined. And so we have to make that work to our advantage. And if we come home one night from work and we want to continue to work and we're both like, yeah, let's just like both work. Totally. I'm going to be on my computer, on the couch, and he's going to be at the desk in our living room. And yes, we're going to be in the same room. And yes, we're both going to be working and we don't care. We are totally okay with that. And we still have a healthy marriage. Yeah. So I think a lot of people would find that weird. Yeah. But what? I think we just have learned that when we want to work, we want to work. And then when we want to be present with each other, we're, we make time for that. Yeah. I think that also, though, kind of goes back to the whole component of this thing of like when you have the half and half situation. It's like, I will say, slash, like not calling out Amanda, but like when I was doing my own business, like, I would be on my phone at weird random hours and like working my ass off at weird random hours. And I think it was a little confusing to her in the beginning of like, why are you, why, why are you always on your phone? Why are you always doing something? And like, it wasn't that she was disrespecting. It was just, I think she's, she was ingrained in that corporate mentality of nine to five, like work's done. I can turn off my phone tomorrow. No, your last job was terrible. Yeah. Your last job was terrible, but like for the most part, most people shut off work. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they come home, they don't want to do work. So I was always on my phone. I was always talking to athletes. I was talking to like trying to grow business. I was talking to other people. And like for where my company was, I needed to be quick, 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 because that's how you're going to get sales. That's how you're going to keep people interested. That's how you're going to show your commitment as a coach. And I don't really know if you understood that till it like the hot pot got dropped in your hands so to say and you're like oh man i really do have to be reactive and answer emails quickly mm-hmm. and show people i'm eager to work with them and stuff like that and now now it's like not surprising like i mean don't get me wrong i'm still on my phone way too much and i'm trying to do better at that but like now i see you answering emails at 11:30 at night mm-hmm. when we're in bed and i'm like oh tables are <laughs> took a whole year for the table to rotate but it's there now yeah and i'm like i said i'm not going to hide that like that's just how we work but i think we're much better at the communication part of it and calling each other out if i'm like hey babe i want you to come hang out on the couch with me and watch so and so like whereas a year ago i don't I'll never watch kardashian wait <laughs> We would going not on have, record right here. Like that probably wouldn't have happened without some type of like tiff, I would say. Whereas now, or some type of like, I'm working or in a few minutes or those types of things. Whereas now it's like, okay, cool. Let me wrap up this email. Yeah. And right. So I think we're just much more respective of each other's needs and knowing that there are going to be times when the other is going to want non-business, non-work time. Yeah. And the other person may be in a work zone and flow and respecting that, but then also respecting the other person's wants and needs. Well, I think that's also, working on that's business. a uniqueness to our jobs also. Though. It's like both of our businesses require creativity. And like, as anyone that does creative stuff understands, like you can't really always control when creativity is flowing. 
So like when you're in an ebb and flow and you're going into like your second hour of ebb and flow, like it's super hard for people that don't do that to understand, like, we'll just put it on pause. Like it's not a movie. So like getting your significant other that maybe isn't an entrepreneur or a creative. So I think I just referred to myself as a creative. That is the first time ever. Um, like getting them to understand how it works. And again, that comes back to that communication piece and why you may like not want to stop doing what you're doing, but like tell them like, Hey, I'll spend this time with you later on or tomorrow I'll commit my whole day to you. Like that can help with that thing. Cause you can't sit there and also like stifle yourself because then you're never going to make any progress. And then I think also just to even talk to that, else. there's going to be, what's that word? Resentment. Resentment. Yeah. There'll be resentment. Yep. Um, and I know I even like resented you a little bit in the beginning of phases when you were working so much, I like resented the business of like, it's taking time away from me. At least that's how I perceived it. And then obviously we had to work through that so that it no longer felt that way. And I think a lot of that is just intentional time with your significant other. So while we don't shut off our brains, our business brains at 5 p.m. when we come home, he he works till 7 or 8 every night anyway, but every except for the day. weekends. So when he comes home at 8, he's not completely shutting his brain off. Some days he does, but like it's not necessarily that way and it's not going to be. So we're not going to force it. So I'm what usually we do. actually congratulating people are yelling at them at eight o'clock each day. <laughs> what are the two is going on? Um, we don't necessarily work that way and that we just shut things off and then we spend our evenings together. Like that's not how we work. Obviously, if that works for you, great. So what we found, I think in the last six months or so that's really worked is small moments and the larger times. And I want to talk about both. You're probably like, what is she going to talk? He probably has like no idea what I'm talking about, but um, I'll give some examples. So, you know, so I think (laughs) with like the larger times in that, like Matt has off Tuesdays. So I try to only do minimal work on Tuesdays so we can spend the majority of our time together, which is like the, we're actually doing this podcast on a Tuesday. We're working. And (laughs) kind of, sort of, it's the only time we could do to have this, but things like that. Or if we do want to work, we go to a coffee shop and do it we work together on a Tuesday and then he has off like Saturdays um, afternoons and evenings. And that's like our shut off day. Like after he's done on Saturday, we go and do something. We go to dinner. We do household stuff. Like that's kind of our day. We do a lot of to do things. Too. And we do breakfasts on Thursdays and Tuesdays and sometimes Fridays. So we have these pockets of chunks of time, I would say that we kind of always reserve for each other. And they're always there Friday nights, Saturday afternoons and evenings. Sunday mornings, Tuesdays. And, like, we have a lot of time, actually. We're always super ambitious on Monday nights, and then I just die. Yeah. And we never actually so long day. Mondays are, are our busy days. But so we have these pockets of time that we allot, and they're not normal. Like, they're not your normal. Like, we spend every evening together, and that's okay. Like, we just find these pockets, these chunks, and that's what we work with. And then the other thing is these smaller moments I think like, as you guys know, if you've been following me, you know, in the beginning of the year, I wanted to inject just like more fun and laughter. Um, Being an entrepreneur is super stressful. It's a lot of fun, but like it comes with just all that pressure and work and it's more serious. And so I was just like, no, screw this. I want it to be more fun. I want to be laughing more. I want to be more spontaneous. Matt's going to laugh at that. And I wanted to go to the zoo today. And he was like, no. She basically uh, scheduled like six hours of stuff and then was like, we're going to go to zoo somewhere yeah. in between here too. And I know um, reality check, but things like that. And Matt's very much like that. Like he's the most easygoing person. Like, yes, he can like have serious moments, but like 90% of the time he's just like laughing and going with the flow. Whereas I'm like your Capricorn more 
regimented type person. And so I wanted to inject more fun and excitement, just like small moments, like random dancing. And like, I know it sounds so silly, but like in those smaller moments, like we, I felt like we've laughed or I know I have laughed more this year and had more fun. And I know you've seen a change in me too, but just like being more lighthearted and fun in the little moments. So yes, we may be working, but we take a quick second or two in between work and we're laughing about something completely random or even in the car, like just having those moments together, which are super tiny, but injecting more joy into those moments has such a profound impact than just going through the motions. And I think we were going through the motions a little bit before that. 100%. I I mean, the secret is I still really don't have an idea with what I'm doing, like ever (laughs) in my business. It's it's not that I'm calm. It's really easy to remain calm when you really don't know if you're doing it right. (laughs) You just kind of keep grooving. Um, No, I think that's, I think that's important. I think the like, in the last year, I've done a lot of adjusting in certain ways that I approach certain things. And then like, I kind of look at it of like the movie flashback of like, you should be able to like kind of run through your year and be like, remember funny moments or enjoyable moments. And like, we had a year, which is weird. And I don't even know if Amanda wants to go in this detail, but I'm gonna, cause I don't care. She invited me on. So it sucks. Um, is like, we had like that first year, I don't, it's probably not a year. It was like seven, eight months, but like we were so focused on work and she was so focused on work that like, she literally said to me, she's like, I don't feel like we've done anything this year for us. And like, we don't have any memories together of like outside of this house. And that was kind of like a kick to the head in the sense of like, ouch. Hopefully it kicked to your like, heart. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was but it like it wasn't my fault it wasn't her fault we were just heads in the sand like getting shit done and i don't know if i can i trust, think it was more like on your oh yeah we are, we're allowed to swear on here i oh. think it was more that thought was more of a um retrospective is that the right word where you like look back at something yeah you look back but like it's, I know, but you can't I regret have... it at the same time no like, it was I had part that... of what we needed to do yeah but i think i had that thought after that all happened it was like looking back at the last year and it being like oh shit like i don't really have many memories from this year like, yeah. it just... what do i want to adjust in the next year yeah while also being successful obviously yeah for sure so we've we've learned how to actually do that together Yes, have that harmony or balance or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's kind of like our little our little journey with entrepreneurship. I think that like just to be completely honest, like I think our marriage is the best it's ever been because of making those changes. So if you are somebody who's going through kind of a hard time and you feel like your relationships, whether it's friendships or marriage or whatever it is, um, is kind of just in a hard place right now, know that you just have to honestly make small changes. I think that's made like, those small changes have made the biggest difference. Um, and so hopefully this helped you guys. But I do want to get one more question in here. It has nothing to do with like couple entrepreneurship or anything like that. But I think you just have such a unique perspective in life just because of your history in the army and other things that a lot of people don't have. And it's it's one of those things where you don't ever have that like second guessing or self-doubt or the fact that you don't think you can do it and I know you sometimes will like cringe when you hear me like listening to podcasts or reading these books like you know self-development and you're like jealousy just because I can't get rich off it (laughs) just like you know he has such a like just a 
speak for him. He has a very strong mindset. And so for somebody like me who just like deals with like the normal life things and he has such a strong aspect and like do what you love and follow your passions and follow your dreams and the kind of like no questions asked. Um, he can live off like $200 a month. I don't know how, like totally joking, but kind of serious in a way. Um, so I just want to give your perspective on anybody listening who's maybe like scared to do something or taking that leap into full-time entrepreneurship or struggling with something or has kind of like that fear that you don't necessarily have, or maybe you experience it in a different way, but just what would you, like, what would your advice be to those people? And I know you probably get asked this all the time with your own athletes with certain Yeah, with the athletes, it's, I mean, everyone gets afraid at a certain point. I mean, do you want, like, <laughs> there's so many different angles I could do. I could do, like, the Andy Frisella and just scream into the microphone. I could do the Gary. <laughs> like, there's, it's, um, it's the perspective I have is essentially, like, it's a mix. It's a mix of my parents did a decent job raising me. Um, we had our issues as a family, like everyone else, but one of the things that both of them, including like my dad and my mom or my dad, but like, he didn't allow me to fail without understanding. So like, I failed plenty of things as a kid. I failed so many things under the sun or gave up on things. But like, one thing he would make me do is try again. And then the other thing was, even when I tried again and I failed it, he would make me sit and like try to understand why I failed it. So I had to double back each time and try to figure out, okay, what what happened? Like what happened this time? What went wrong? So that makes me a understand like I'm going to fail. Like it's going to happen. I have to accept it. And then the second time is like, okay, I failed. What can I do the second time to make sure I don't fail again, or at least do less failing? I hope that makes sense. Um, and he, he instilled that. Um, and then the other thing is like, and I tell my athletes all the time, cause like I can't make at the end of the day, it comes on to an athlete. It comes on to an individual. They're like how they attack fear or apprehension, stuff like that. But like, if I could have everyone go through the U S military, any branch and just like learn that it, like 10% to all of it would be gone because yeah, as and I attribute it, you can't relate it, but like as an infantry guy, you literally learn in what's called a stack to go through a door as a team where there's bad guys on the other side. And like if you hesitate at all, whether you're the first man in or the fourth man, like someone on your team will die. It's that simple. They will die. So like when we're in training, like it's super aggressive. Like if you hesitate as a private while you're doing like stack training. And like battle drill, like your commander will literally grab you by the helmet and rip you into the dirt and be like, you're dead. And you literally lay there and stare at everyone for like the rest of training. To, and you get it like ground into you that there is no apprehension. It's a very extreme example. But and nobody can really go through that unless you go in the military. But it's it's honestly like to quote Gary, because he is an influence in our life, like the best video, in my opinion, out of all the Gary V videos, out of all of them. Every million video he's ever done. Do you know which one it is? No. You I don't? know which one I was had the most impact on it's my life. It's super short. It's super short. It's the best video. I, I sent it to so many people. So many people. And this is all I've sent them. And they watched it. And they've, re they've responded back to me to include my stepbrother with like, it's that simple. I get it now. And it's, it's a video where Gary is in his car leaving an event he did. And a woman says, you got three, three words. What's your advice in three words? And he literally yells at this like middle-aged woman, you're going to die. 
And like, again, it's super dark, but it makes sense because you only have X amount of time to get things done in your life. Why the fuck would you ever let anything hold you back, be apprehensive about it, or let anyone's opinion except your own that aren't even going to be with you at the end? Like 99% of the people in the world aren't going to be with you at the end. It's going to be you and your significant other and probably your kids or whatever. Why would you ever let anything like that hold you back? So like, just get it done. Don't worry about the consequences. Awesome. I'll uh, leave you guys mean, with that. I didn't mean to go all dark at the end, but <laughs> I hope the, it helps someone. The opposite, my Gary Vee video is the the more positive take on that oh, yeah, one, like which teddy is bears in the video no, it's. <laughs> I think I'll link both of these. I know exactly which one you're talking about. The lady when he's in the cab, but um, mine is the one life video. So it's kind of yeah. the opposite. Like same thing. You're gonna die one life. Um, I know for a lot of people too, they take that. And they're like, well, I have bills to pay and I have all of this. I'm like, yes, we're not saying there's not a reality there. But if you realize that you, like, you can make it work with what you have and there are always options. So it's kind of dumb to stay in something that you hate if there are other options out there. And it's kind of like what we both took the leap into taking that risk and knowing that if we fail, guess what? There are other options. There's other ways. You're still going to be able to assess that failure and try to move forward. Yeah. So that's our story. Thanks for listening, guys. If you have questions. Thanks for having me on. No probs, babe. But if you guys want to follow him, I I mean, he's very boring. He does not post. He does not take my I do advice. Post. I just, just don't. Kidding. I just don't post what you want to see. Does, he does post, but he he social game could use some improvement. But if you want to follow him, you can follow him at Coach underscore Adam check and I will link him in the podcast notes along with the two Gary videos. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and we will chat soon.